0: Facebook Live, welcome listeners. This is another episode of
1: the Sober Life Experience. Syrian Experience. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Welcome everybody. Ah. Yes, and this this week is super special, Brian, yeah. isn't it? Why is it special, Roman? It's it's special because we have a special guest.
1: Hell yeah, oh, we yeah. do. Every day is special, but today <laughs> is especially special, especial. <laughs>
0: Who do we have, Roman? Okay, okay, hold on. What?
1: <laughs> I'm practicing my Spanish because we're so close to TJ. Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah. All right. Excellent. <laughs> well, this
0: week, uh Matt, you know, why don't you introduce yourself, tell us, you know, a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Matt what? Schaefer. What, why oh are my you here?
2: God. Oh my God. I'm so happy to be here, guys. Thanks for having me on. My name's Matt Schaefer. I'm a coach, I'm a speaker, I'm a lover, I'm a fighter, I mean, whatever, whatever I gotta be, you know? I, I love to support people and live in their highest purpose, man, whatever that looks like. So oh, Hell yeah, blessed. you do.
0: Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, Matt, real quick, we, we're gonna do this with all our guests on the show, anyone mm-hmm. that we're in. We have three questions for you. Can I get a drum roll or something?
1: yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yes!
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, question oh. number one is, what's your vision? What's your passion?
2: My passion is to connect with other human beings at a deep, powerful level and support them in seeing everything that's possible for them. And my vision, leveraging that passion, is to transform the lives of at least a million people. Ooh. Whoa. Wow. I love that. That's big. That's the starting point. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's a perfect platform to have you on the show, Matt. Thank Absolutely. you for sharing. No. Yeah. My uh,
0: question number two. All right. What do you love? Hmm.
2: I love seeing that moment of of recognition when Mm -hmm. people understand that they've always had what they needed, you know, where they've always had the power and the capabilities to create the life that they want, you know? Right. Like that recognition that I had, when I see that light in someone else's eyes, I think that's the greatest moment that you can possibly have, you know, and it just brings so much joy to me. And I mean, that's,
0: I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed what, with bringing that. What to that an course. amazing answer!
2: Isn't it too often that we
1: forget where our light really is and how bright we all really shine?
0: We are, man. Oh my God! All
2: pure light. We just Definitely.
0: forget. And the third and final question is: What is in a a book that has impacted your life greatly? Hmm. I'm going to say, uh, "Man's Search for Meaning" by Viktor Frankl.
2: Okay. To me, I think that is the most powerful uh, transformative book that exists. You know, he survived a concentration camp and his entire family died. uh, And he turned that experience into a psychological methodology that has transformed the lives of millions of people and turned it into a profound blessing for the world. And I mean, like, that's the ultimate example, man, of finding the blessing in suffering, which is what I've devoted my life to. Vic- yeah victor frankel is a gangster he is the ultimate gangster dude he He's is, a true og
0: <laughs> for sure and what what a better way to kind of go into our conversation today because yeah. it, it, it really is the conversation is about overcoming obstacles diversity overcoming you know moments of of where it's just you against the world it yeah. seems like oh yeah Absolutely. And, and coming from that and finding the strength Mm -hmm.
1: So guys, one of the biggest reasons we're so blessed to have Matt on today, Matt is a lawyer, he's went to law school, Mm -hmm. Matt has owned a restaurant, Mm -hmm. Matt has struggled, namely, with drugs and alcohol, he has broken free from a lot of his addictive tendencies, Mm -hmm. and he's so fitting to be on this show to share some of his pearls of wisdom with everyone out there, you know, one of Sober Life Coach's missions is to show how rad it is to live a sober life. Yeah. How cool it can be. The blessings that are available to the world. And uh, we're so honored to have you on, Matt. So I, I know Thanks, I told man. a little bit of your story. Why don't you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you came from, what happened, and, and what it's like now?
2: Yeah, oh, man. Yeah, I'm happy to share. I mean, uh, I was born on, I think, a, a misty day, uh, June 26, <laughs> 1982. I'm older than, you know, you guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, di- when dinosaurs roamed the earth, you know. And, wow, uh, <laughs> way back then. And I was always a real uh, a real high-functioning kid growing up, you know, uh Read a million books, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't have a, a lot of friends mm-hmm. growing up. And I think that's when I started to make up stories that there was something wrong with me because I didn't have a lot of social connection. Where'd wow. you grow up, Matt? I grew up in Sarasota, Florida. Really? Okay. Florida, Southwest okay. Florida. We call it God's waiting room, man. It's where <laughs> old rich people go to die. It's a, it's a beautiful community. Really nice beaches. <laughs> sweet, <Yeah>. sweet.
0: <laughs> I haven't heard that. That's, that's great.
2: <laughs> yeah, man. Boring place to be a kid, but I mean, really nice beaches. I like to go home to visit. But, you know, I grew up there and, you know, smart kid. Uh, but didn't have, you know, a lot of friends blessed to have really beautiful, supportive parents, you know, good home life. But at school,
0: I didn't mm. know what was wrong
2: with me, you know, cause nobody wanted to be my friend. Cause it was, it was right. the nineties, man. It was nirvana, bro. Right. Was, you wanted to have ripped, you want to be smoking cigarettes and you know have ripped jeans. That's what made you cool <laughs> in the nineties, dude. And I wasn't, I wasn't that guy, you know? So 90s. Uh, yeah, so I think my addictive tendencies, which I've Come up against many times in my life. They started, I think, when I was uh, getting out of high school, you know, and I was getting into college, and I I didn't know where I fit. So I started, you know, defaulting to alcohol, which I hadn't drank at all in high school. Thank God. Really? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I I was I was a band nerd, man. I went the band band nerd nerd route. What'd you play? I was alto saxophone, and I channeled. I feel like addictive tendencies—they're not always negative. You, if you can channel your addictive impulses that i mean a lot of us have yeah. into positivity into constructive habits you can be really powerful like i was the best saxophone player in my in my school i was the For lead sure. lead in the jazz band lead and i was the captain of the marching band i mean I all the stuff because i was obsessed yeah wow. i was already channeling that energy into something yeah. yeah yeah so what happened dude well i went to
0: college and uh, i think the where you go to college i
2: went to college at the university of florida go gators
0: okay okay, okay. Yeah. We do not endorse any teams on this <laughs> podcast. I just want to make that clear. No. No. Gator <laughs> Nation, bro. <laughs>
2: yeah, man. I went to University of Florida. I was the lead. I, I made lead saxophone in the UF Jazz Band like my, first, like my first semester. I was totally stoked on life. And then a friend of mine who had gotten into doing ecstasy uh, you know, brought some up. And he was like, Oh, you want to try this? And I'm like, Oh, cool. This sounds, this could be fun. You know, like I was, you couldn't minded. resist. I was just, I was, I was drinking at that point, you know, right. and having a good time and doing all the stupid stuff that, this you know, a good story. freshman kids do. And so I, I, I took my first pill of ecstasy in my entire life, and I was with a girl. And uh, we went to a nightclub, and I stood next to a speaker that was probably six feet tall, like a dance club. And and it just okay. felt so good to feel the sound waves going through my body that I just stood next to the speaker and got, like, a speaker massage for like, five and a half, <laughs> like, five hours. <laughs> and so, yeah, you can imagine that maybe wow. that wasn't super good for my ears. Probably about uh, within the next week, like, I felt my ears start to ring. And then I start to notice that when a bus would go by and the brakes would squeal, it would be like someone stuffed an ice pick in my head. Oh, okay. God. Like, something, may, something may right but i was still going out i was still partying <laughs> of course and, you were and you know come to so i ended up just doing that for a whole semester just drinking a lot i wasn't really doing a lot of pills or anything and then i come home and i'm like i'm having these terrible headaches all the time you know and i'm like something's not right with me and i ended mm-hmm. up going audiologist and finding out that i had a hole in my left eardrum and uh, i developed oh a condition God. called hyperacusis which means my ears got hypersensitive to uh to any sort of loud noise Wow. Wow. So, so, so that
1: what did that do to your music playing career? It ended
2: it. Uh, I went back second semester and walked into the studio to try out for jazz band again. And I had to run out as soon as the trumpet started going. Because ah. it's like my ears had gotten more sensitive. Wow. And I had to bounce, you know, on the whole thing. And so I lost that expressive part of myself. <sighs> what a shitty consequence from, from one this. One pill. And I mean, that's when we talk about choices. Yeah. Like right. one fucking pill, you know? Yeah. And then... I did it again, which is the staggering part, you know. Like I made another choice with another girl a year later, a girl, and I hadn't, I hadn't picked the stuff up in in a year. i up in a year and a half. I'm like, oh, but but I'm a veteran, right? Because I used to do it. Right. So she's like, oh, I want to try, I want to try ecstasy, and I'm like, okay, honey, well, I'll take, I'll take you through it, you know, because I'm the OG, right? Yeah. And so we both take one, and you know, we're both you know rolling pretty good, and then there's one more pill on the counter. And there's this moment where I'm sitting there and she's on the, on the couch, just rolling balls, you know, she's done. And I'm just sitting there (laughs) looking at that pill and I'm like, well, I could split it with her or we could just not take it. Yeah. Or I could just take the whole thing, you know, Eh, why not? Why not? Took the whole thing. That one decision completely changed the direction of the rest of my life. Wow! I was wow. out of my mind. I like kind of. I guess I probably OD'd. I was grinding my teeth as hard as I could for twelve consecutive hours. Ooh. Oh god! Must That's... have been a white Pokeball. <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> <That's> terrible. <laughs> it was neon green and about three centimeters thick. I mean, it was a horse pill, man. It was oh. nasty, dude. Oh god! And I literally. Was was out of my mind for twelve hours and destroyed all the masseter muscles in my face. Ugh. Over the next week, every muscle in my face seized up. Okay, Ugh. and so for a year, I couldn't talk
0: for more than five seconds. <sighs> wow! Wow, dude. One and, choice, and that's that's consequences. Yeah, you know, in talking about mm-hmm. drug addiction and alcoholism, it doesn't have to be. Oh, I was strung out for twenty years nope. to have consequences. This is We're talking about mm-hmm. two separate occasions twice. Yep. Twice. Two, two times. Two tiny – And you two have little, life-changing consequences.
2: Ultimate life-changing consequences. And oh, so goodness. And so so then, you know, so basically at that point, I mean, I'm pureeing all my meals. That's when I started to, you know, dabble in painkillers. Because yeah. at that point, I'm in pain all the time. Because right. every time I try to talk, my face spasms up. Right. And so that's when that – Branch of it started to you know come into play, yeah. But uh, but the blessing there, and this is something that as I've gone through my process, like I'm always looking for why is this happening for me, right? Right. Yeah. Why is this? Why is this the biggest blessing that ever happened to me? When that happened, uh, it forced me to shut up, stop smoking <laughs> mm-hmm. pot, stop drinking, and I basically had to sit in a room and reflect on my life because mm-hmm. physiologically I couldn't do anything else. Right. Right. And that's when I started thinking to myself, okay, well, my decisions that I've made have gotten me here. I do not like being here. What the mm. hell am I going to do next? What came up for you, Matt? Uh, well, I felt like I was playing small because I was a public relations major who had mm-hmm. just basically been partying for the last two and a half years. Right. And uh, a friend of mine had just gotten into law school. And, when, and I realized that I was at least as smart as she was. And she got in. And I'm like, well, if she can do it. I can probably do it too. (laughs) And as soon as I, and I started going to, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do law school. And I felt that it was possible because I had seen a friend do it. Right. Right. And as soon as I accepted that possibility I created it right you know, up until that point. If she had never gotten into law school, I guarantee you, I would have never even thought it was something I could do.
1: So law uh. school graduated, boom, boom. practicing as a lawyer. You're having these consequences and at, at different mm-hmm. times having certain blessings come up
2: every time. Yeah, every, every time there was a blessing associated with it, like even in law school, first right. semester of law school. Friend comes up, the same guy that got me into ecstasy. This guy kept coming into my life. Wow. He brought me two pills of Xanax to a, a law school bastard. party. His name is Matt Wallace, and I'm <laughs> I'm assistant manager of a Hardee's in Bradenton, if he's still alive. I don't know. I hope he's doing okay. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out. Last I heard, last I heard the out. downward spiral had continued after I knew him. But he brought two pills of Xanax with me to a house party that I had my first semester of law school. Cops came, broke it up for a noise ordinance violation. I was already depressed drinking every night because uh, I couldn't – I didn't have the skills to cope with being in law school. Right. I end up in jail my first semester of law school with a drug wow. felony hanging over my head. Oh, my and God. I had to, I had to manage my first semester of law school with a felony hanging over my head and going to drug court. And that was extremely intense, you know? Yeah. But again, it forced me to get sober, get focused. Figure out what I want to do. Yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. And so after that depression, after all that savage shit, after, you know, getting arrested, whatever, uh, I made Dean's List. I made the mock trial team, went to national competition, was the captain of the mock trial team. I was a stud for the rest of law school and, you know, took it down to Fort Lauderdale and practiced the law for, you know, a couple of years. Why aren't you doing law now, Matt? Yeah, What happened? Because I realized early on that being immersed in that toxic energy, I was a criminal defense attorney, I was dealing with a lot of people that were, you know, chronic liars and, and, and addicts and people that had a lot of major issues that that energy I was, I was, I was absorbing it Yeah, right? and it was really damaging to me. So I made a choice, you know, another choice, a constructive choice that I didn't know what I was going to do next but that this wasn't serving me. Right. And I needed mm. to walk away from this and find a new path, you know? So I moved back home, sold oxygen for a little while, sold some medical oxygen and just hit the reset button. Cause yeah. Because that was what was important for me. So I know that you've also owned a restaurant. Mm-hmm. Tell us yeah. about that. Was that after law school? That was, oh yeah, that was after I walked away from being an attorney. A buddy of mine came up to me. His name's Ed Espinoza. Shout out to Ed, my homie. Shout out uh, Ed. It was his birthday yesterday, Grandpa 32. Happy birthday, <laughs> Grandpa. Yeah. Got more gray hair than me, bro. Uh, <laughs> but uh, he he came up to me and he's like, yo, like let's, let's do a restaurant, man. He was thinking about doing it and he wanted a partner who was good with words and a good writer. So mm-hmm. that law degree, that training, it opened the door for me to collaborate nice. with him. So we ended up buying the Pita Pit San Diego State failing restaurant. I moved out there with no experience, no training and just took over a failing restaurant which I don't recommend doing that. Yeah, I don't. I, that doesn't sound like a Were good you idea. ever stressed out, Matt? <laughs> Let's see. Well, the 100-hour weeks would have me say yes.
1: Uh, <laughs> were, was there any snorting of cocaine or Oxycontin in the back?
2: You know, I've huh. never been a cocaine guy, but I definitely would fill up the twenty, the 32 40-ounce uh, pita pit cups with uh, Mike's Harder Lemonade. And drink those throughout (laughs) the afternoon. Me and Ed can both, we can both attest to that. And then uh, during that time period, I got physically, I started to break down because I was doing, you know, massive, massive quantities of work. Yeah. And I was getting malt fueled on Adderall, another substance that I was abusing at the time. There you go. And eventually the pain got so bad. Any of our listeners ever use Adderall? Yeah, yeah. All yeah. of them. Who wants to, <laughs> yeah, every who wants to, yeah, who who wants to talk about Adderall? I've talked to a lot of people out of being on Adderall. Goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Adderall. Uh, God damn, we could have a whole episode on yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. Pharmaceutical meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> be be tread lightly on the Adderall. But I eventually got to the point where I uh, I started uh doing Oxycontin because mm. I found a guy like a junkie that lived nearby, you know, who who had it who had a script What's for it. What's his name? No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, yeah, he's, he's still around, man. And so yeah, I started doing oxycontin and that's when my addictive nature and my addictive dependencies started to threaten my life because uh it got to the point where i was having to do more and more i was going in the back of my restaurant you know and, and putting pills up my nose and coming out high working high driving around high matt were you ever suicidal uh oh at various points during that process you know i mean i just because the problem was I was going through such a massive depression over the fact that my restaurant wasn't going to make it. I knew within the first couple right. years I was in incredible physical pain. I knew my restaurant wasn't going to make it. I was savagely depressed. And unfortunately, my business partner, Ed, he, he's, you know, is from South America family and his male archetype does not talk about feelings mm. like traditionally. So every time I would try to express how I was feeling and I'd break down crying, he would look at me with this disconcerted look like and make me feel like I was crazy. Right. You know, not because he meant it. He didn't mean it that way. No, it's mm-hmm. just, it but he just, his... he didn't, he didn't have the, the, the mechanism to, right. to express that That was sort just of stuff. his process. That was the process. Right. So then I made up a story that, mm. you know, I was weak and that it was, it was reinforcing that stuff from my childhood, that I was weak. There was something wrong with me because he's not crying. He doesn't seem to be upset. Therefore, there's something wrong with me that I am upset. So that isolation is what drew me deeper into, you know, abusing drugs and getting further out. Isolated, depressed, mm-hmm. hopeless, yeah. suicidal. Gave up, well, on my, gave up on my life. I gave up on my life to a degree. I mean, until I got to the point where I woke up and – I woke up in my sleep for the third time because I had stopped breathing in my sleep. Like, he wow. let oh, wow. Like, it happened once, eh, happened twice, eh. Once it happened the third time, and I woke up, like, you uh, were like, uh, there's something. I'm like, if I, okay, I'm not going to get a fourth time, dude.
0: Yeah. yeah. Like, this is it, you know? So, Matt. You're you obviously not dealing with those things today. Mm. You you actually have a pretty good life. I am beyond blessed. I'm yeah, beyond blessed are. about my life. You I know? see you everywhere. I see you all over social media. <laughs> I see you everywhere with your, your adorable dog and and oh, yeah. your partner and and just like you're filled with life today. Mm. And your vigor for life and your love for life is felt around you know, the community. Mm. You know. And so where how to get from depressed you version of you it's a where you are today well i think the turning point was that third time i woke up and i was like i'm like i'm gonna die and
2: and i really had to objectively look at it like am i willing to die for this bullshit and i finally was like you know what i may hate myself profoundly right now but not quite enough to just allow myself to die you know, right. and so I just said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to take all this cr- crazy addictive energy and throw it in the opposite direction. Just like shift the car into gear, you know, but where though, like, where did you go? What did you I do? went? Like, I did what happened? I went, I went, I went balls to the wall in the other direction. I started drinking a gallon of water a day. I owned a restaurant that had a ton of vegetables. I bought a Breville juicer, started juicing two 32 ounce juices a day, went vegan. Like went crazy, just like hacked my body of just finding all these points. And then, you know, I still, so then I overcome the, I was sick for two months. Mm -hmm. I overcame all the physical stuff Mm. and the restaurant's still failing, but the mental component was still eating me alive. I'm like, my my failure, you know, like my restaurant's failing. I have a failed career in law. I am a failure. And that, that just played in my mind every, every, every day. So the story that you're telling yourself,
1: the underlying conversation that's just driving you, mm -hmm. what shifted
2: that? I, it was incredible. It was a moment, one moment of connection. I was, mm. I had gotten, I had taken a job in property management to pay my bills, and I was sitting next to this beautiful soul, Kate Fike. Shout out to Kate. I'm gonna Shout out to this beautiful woman. And she, I had known her for friggin' five minutes. She was sitting at the desk next to me, and I've, I'm, I'm, I've gotten so good at plastering a smile and being like, "Hey guys, want to lease an apartment?" Like you know, right. like every, like everybody thinks that I'm you know happy go lucky, but I'm inside, yeah. I'm just dying. Right. And she looks at me and she's like, "How are you doing?" And I'm like, "I'm fine. It's cool." And like normally that gets everybody to leave me alone. Surface bullshit. Exactly. How how many of you guys have said that? Yeah. Oh, it's cool. It's cool. I know I've said that a hundred times. Yeah. And what made her, what was the magic moment was when she looked at me and she said, no, how are you, how are you doing? And I felt like a knife like hit me in the chest and I felt like she actually got to my hurt. She got to my pain Mm. and I like literally felt it physically. And I'm like, you know what? I hate my Mm life and I hate who I've become. And she's like, let's go to lunch. And so that was the beginning of me just blah,
0: opening all up. the venom,
2: all was starting to release all the venom. And, and she was going to a mastermind and I said, can I tag along? I went to that mastermind and I met an entire group of entrepreneurs who were into personal development and were o- talking openly about their feelings. And I recognized that it wasn't crazy to be in yeah. connection and to talk about how you're feeling. And I got obsessed and I channeled all that addictive energy into personal development. Do Oof. people, do people realize as that are listening to this, how, you can
1: impact people. Mm. How by acknowledging yeah. someone, interrupting their bullshit and actually caring enough to tell someone the truth rather than be liked, like you can make a difference. That's oh. that's
0: what Kate did for she you. She took a stand for me. And and those who are listening, we all have the opportunity on a daily basis to take a stand for the people we care about and the people we love. To connect. And that's, you know, one of the topics of today's podcast. Connection. Is,
1: is about connecting. And Matt, I just acknowledge you so deeply for going into your story, for yeah. giving us some background about you, for yeah. letting us see a side of you that not everybody gets to see. Yeah, for you sure. You know, a
0: different dimension to Matt Schaefer. Yeah. I, I want to go back for a second and just something that you said earlier was so profound to me. And it was when you were at that low point and you were like, you didn't, you know, you woke up not breathing for the third time and you were faced with the possibility of a fourth time. And you said to yourself, I may hate myself, but I'm not willing to die. Yep. Yep. And I feel like a lot of our listeners and a lot of people who have faced addiction and alcoholism have come to that point where it's, okay, I'm going to die. (laughs) Am I willing to die? Yeah. It's you know, your choice, and in that moment, you made a decision. Mm-hmm. Another yeah. decision, man. Another decision, mm-hmm. and it's like this. And, and it's like our lives can be outlined by decisions we've made.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. It, and it's these, these small decisions. Some of them feel big, like that was a big decision, right? You know, but you you can never you're never going to know until you're down the road what's going to be a huge decision and what's not. Yeah, you know, and that's why you get to be really deliberate about the decisions that you make and make sure that they're in alignment with your vision. Yeah. That's why you get to have a vision because no w- without vision and values, the decisions that you make are going to be based upon your impulses and your feelings and your right. spur of the moment shit, which is not necessarily going to forward you. Yeah. So Matt,
1: what do you do to connect with your vision and your values? You know, what, what are some of the practices? What are some practical applicable things, you know, some of our listeners
2: can take with them, some nuggets? Uh, what I do is I, I practice deliberate connection with, with people in my life, you know, like I deliberately reach out to people, connect with people that I'm in relationship with. And I, I, I work to keep it below the surface, you know, I don't give a fuck about the weather. Yeah. You know, like, how are you doing? Like, what's coming up for you? What are your challenges? Like, let's actually like support each other, you know, because mm-hmm. as friends, like we have such an opportunity, friends and family, right. to be the stand for each other, you know, but only if we allow ourselves to be vulnerable.
0: It's, it's a concept that sounds so simple, right? And we all have the opportunity to do it on a ba- daily basis, mm-hmm. yet we don't. And, and, and I think one of the, yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't. We don't. And one of the most important
2: things is if you want somebody else, if you expect somebody else to be vulnerable, yeah. the most important thing to do isn't to ask them first, is to be fucking vulnerable yourself. So you know? it's to hold the space. It's to because when you're vulnerable, when you're showing who you are and you're letting your shadow out, you're giving them permission to do the same. So powerful. That's yeah, it, man. That, that that's is. it, dude. And so that's why I have, I love coming on here and telling my story. I mean, I do a Facebook live every, every Monday at seven Pacific where, I mean, I talk about this stuff. I talk about what I'm struggling with. I get vulnerable and I mean, people get vulnerable with me, man. And that's yeah. so beautiful. You know, that's what I, what I love about coaching is being able to like hold space for people to just get their poison out, you know, and for help sure. support them in creating a vision to, you know, transform their lives. Because as we help each other, like, we create that ripple, you know? Right. And that ripple is what's going to change the
0: world. Absolutely. That's what you guys are doing. That's why I
2: love what you guys are doing.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So I appreciate that, Matt. Um, This has been an amazing episode. Mm. And in closing, I would just like to say thank you again for coming on, sharing, going deep, we were joking outside before coming in here. We said, "Go deep, go raw," <laughs> and you went deep and you went raw. Dude. And for that, I am I am supremely grateful, no. and I think our listeners are as well. So thank absolutely. you, absolutely. Yeah, thank you.
2: I, I really I really appreciate it. And there's one last thing I could leave uh, your listeners and yes. with: it's to no matter what's happened to you in your life, to find the blessing in it. Because mm-hmm. in everything that's happened, no matter how inconceivably tragic or horrible it may seem. There is a profound blessing that's there once Mm -hmm. you just reframe that situation. Like if I hadn't, you know, OD'd and gotten arrested and, you know, OD'd again and blew out my ears and do all these things, every one of those events formed me and shaped me into who I am and and gave me the mission that I have and the life I have, which is incredibly beautiful, you know? And so just like everything has happened for a reason. It's up to you to find the blessing, you know? No doubt. Your addiction was a blessing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You just get to figure out why. Well yeah, and it's it's it enables you to be that
1: much more effective with the next person that's mm. struggling Oh, yeah. yeah, you know you know what it's like to be in the pit oh, yeah, and only someone who knows what it's like to be in the pit, and I don't mean Peter Pit here, <laughs> but can help someone out exactly it's yeah. huge guys
0: yeah, that's big, so again, thank you for being on for those listening. thank you for tuning in. Mm facebook live also on the podcast this will be uh this was this was amazing I so had a great time guys with that i will say mm-hmm. adios thanks for tuning into sober life audio experience experience <sighs>